Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We're here today with Dan Betts, who's the CEO of Humberg Resources. How are you? Very well, thanks. Good to see you. We, I Good to see we saw you. each other quite a few years ago, so we were just discussing. Yeah, bits changed since then. A lot has changed since then. You're doing great things. So why don't you kick off and give us a one-minute summary? So Hummingbird is a gold producing company. We have a gold mine in Mali called Yamfalila that produces in the region of 120,000 ounces of gold a year. Mm-hmm. We started as an explorer. We still have an exploration project in Liberia. Mm-hmm. Um, we took that through development and we did M&A. We acquired the Yamfalila project. We financed it, built it. So we're slightly unusual in that regard in that we've been through the entire mining process, I suppose, from mm-hmm. grassroots exploration all the way through to today where we're a, a producer. Great something. We were just talking again before the cameras came on. You're sort of ninth generation now, is that right? Yeah, so not not in Hummingbird. So to be clear, if you go back, yeah, Hummingbird's been around a while, but not nine generations. So, but you were telling some interesting ways that people used to find gold in the streets. Yeah, yeah, under Hatton Garden in the sewers and like yeah. gold washed down the tanks right. and all the rest of it. But um, our family business is a gold refining yeah. business based in Birmingham. And yeah. Uh, yeah, my brother and I are, we are the ninth generation. And um, it's through that business that we had a network in the gold world and, mm-hmm. and that Hummingbird's origin started, I suppose. So, but now you're in Africa with Hummingbird. Yeah. Uh, I've worked in Africa for quite a few years. It's a, it can be a great place to do business. It can occasionally be tough. It's fair to say. I think always tough. But it's exciting. Tough. It's exciting. Yeah. Right, okay. The, You've had, a, you've had a sort of interesting last 18 months, so should we knock some of those things on the head and talk, talk about those because you, know, you, have, you are producing plus 100,000 ounces, so something's going right, but let's deal with some of those small fires that you've had to deal with along the way. Yeah, well I think you're probably only as good as the challenges you overcome. Sure. And right. um, I remember my first chairman, it was a guy called Ian Cockrell, who was the CEO of Goldfields. And when we were discovering gold in Liberia, and then we, were, we listed the company and everything was seamless and going smoothly, he said, you have no idea how lucky you are. He said, mining is a difficult business. And uh, he was right. I have those words ringing in my ears now. So the last 18 months have, have been challenging. Yeah. I mean, we built Yamfalila yeah. on time, on budget. We ramped it up and uh, everything was going great guns. And then we had a few issues, a few operational issues. Right. Um, Difficult to summarize, really. I mean, a number of different issues hit the performance, and it's been really 12 months of working through those, whether they are um, geotechnical issues with the, with the yeah. pits and the wall stability, which is well-documented, yeah. um, recovery, dilution, mining issues, performance at the plant, just building a business, building the team. And, um, you, you know, we're here today, and we are producing yeah. on budget, on on our nameplate capacity to yeah. the costs we originally thought and we've overcome a number of challenges which I, I suppose are inevitable as a new producer without experience you know um, looking back I suppose we could have anticipated a few of those challenges better but you know I think touch yeah. wood we've the, come the, through the, them. I only ask because I think it's important for people to understand investors to understand the complexities of doing mining. I repeatedly say mining is tough and uh, you need to find workarounds and get to the end point. So people only care about the end point. Okay, so you've had flooding. Yep. Do it. So you're having to reinforce pit walls, etc., and that, uh, that's impacted production slightly. 
Well, so if you go back to Q4 last year, we, um, it impacted production significantly. Q4 last year and Q1 this year, we were way down on production. Yeah. And obviously that impacts your costs and the ASIC was way up. Yeah. Um, we had to do a considerable amount of extra waste moving on the, on the push, pushbacks of the walls to accommodate this uh, wall stability issues. And as you also say, dewatering. Um, extra pumps, extra weep holes, extra um, resources into the dewatering of the pits so that it wouldn't happen again. But you know, today it's October, middle of October, and um, we're at the end of the subsequent rainy season. Yeah. And um, you know, Q3's results, which are just out of yeah. good through the wettest quarter. So I think we've learned a lot from the trials of last year. Yeah, okay. And then you've uh, the Taurus situation, that's now resolved. Yeah. What happened there? We've settled with Taurus. Mm -hmm. We've taken a very practical approach to, to the claim they brought against us. Mm -hmm. um, I think it shows that we're able to be practical, not emotional, and I think that's in the past. I think best we move on from that one. Okay, fine. That's, that's fine. And I think what I'm just trying to show people that, you know, that business and mining is, is, is a complex business, and the things come along, and, you know, uh, curveballs come along, and you have to deal with them and move on. So I no, appreciate you dealing with that. No, no, I, uh, that's absolutely right. They do. <laughs> they do. Anyway, let's, let's talk about the business. Okay, so um, you're, you've forecast this year to produce what? How much? So our guidance is 110 to 125,000 ounces right. for the year. Um, it is meaningful, and we were well behind the curveball after Q1. Yeah. So uh, we, we are maintaining that guidance. So, yeah, I mean, I can talk to Q3's numbers, which are just out, yeah, where we've, um, we've just done 30, just over 30,000 ounces for the quarter, and the ASIC for the quarter is 850 an ounce. So, right. so a great result, really. That's yeah. a great result, significantly down from where you've been, obviously. With that's right. So if, if you look at the last four quarters, we've had reducing costs and increasing production quarter on quarter, mm. as we've come to terms with and overcome the challenges that, that we've already talked about. Mm. And... Um, that means we're deleveraging fast. You know, we're paying down um, the chorus debt quickly. Um, where, where are you So I think total gross debt at the moment in the company is about forty-nine million or so at the end of uh, Q3. Okay. Um, so by the end of the year, it'll be more like thirty-two when we've paid down all the other loans and things in the business. So thirty-two million gross debt at the end of this year will be in good shape. Well, for sure, and obviously with the gold price where it is, yeah. everyone, all the producers have had a nice little bump since August, yeah. which, is, which is great, and that's you know, good news for you guys. So you're producing cash. You've got to get that balance between paying back at a rate which you're, you're obliged to, and also keeping enough money in the business to grow. To grow and to accommodate unforeseen issues. I mean, well, um, yeah. to be prudent, but yeah, that's right. Okay, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. It's, 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 it's having that, um, that I say, capacity to deal, deal with these things as they come along. Yeah. So let, let's talk, let's, if you don't mind, talk a little bit technical about Q3. I mean, are you, have you seen grades continue as you expected, or are you having to get more out of the ground to get those answers? No, no, the grades in Q3 have held up as per the plan. So right. um, to be honest, uh, Q3's performed as per our DFS and our, mm. our studies. I mean, it's mm. performed how we expected it to perform. Mm. So I'd say we've, we've got back to where we expect to be. Right, okay. So again, I'm just again trying to understand um, where the company's going to. So you're producing cash, 
the margins are increasing because ASIC is down, um, obviously gold prices up, um, you are continuing to hit targets. What are you going to be doing with all of this cash? I know you've got some debt to pay down, but what are you going to do in terms of the growth component to this? Is there a growth component? Well, initially the priority is to, you know, one quarter is not enough to do Q4 and Q1 and to mm. build the reputation of a proper mining company yeah. that can deliver. Yeah. So that that's our first priority. And I think, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Hummingbird, it's trading at a very a discount to free cash flow multiples sure. and all the rest of it. Sure. but. I think it's fair enough for people to be a bit cynical having travelled the last 12 months with us. So the onus is on us to deliver. And that means being reliable and showing performance for the next couple of quarters, which is the key. I don't think, you know, people want to get carried away with, oh, when you're paying a dividend and all the rest of it, let's just Mm. get the job done. You know, one, what's saying? One sparrow doesn't make a summer and all the rest of it. That said, you know, Yamfalila has a relatively short mine life. Mm. It has resources outside of the mine plan Mm. and extending that mine life and investing in exploration and underground studies and other deposits that we bring into the plant are a focus and an increasing focus. So I would say in my mind, you know, if I'm looking at risk, number one risk is um, you've got to deliver to the plan because we failed to do that over the last 12 months. We're now doing it. We've got to show that we're reliable and trustworthy. But, you know, pretty close second is to extend the mine life and show the future of the project. And, you know, ultimately, further than that, show that Hummingbird has more to offer than just Yamfalila. You know, we, mm. so much of my time and effort has been about building a business and a team and skills yeah. and people and a board and relationships all around the world. And how do we leverage off that to take it forward and, and build yeah. real value. And ultimately, Yamfalila is a relatively small, relatively complex mine. That's what it is. You can't change what nature put there. So if we can, if that's our school and we turn that to account, we prove to be a reliable, efficient mining company. Mm. For me, that's, that's tremendously exciting. I mean, think what we can do with that and what we can build and go forward. Well, but yeah. but that's slightly more nebulous, right? It's intangible and in the future. And let's just stick to our knitting and get Q4 on the money, Q1 on the money and, and build out the, the tangible future. I think, I think that's right. You know, like I say, you've had a few, a few bumps along the road in the last sort of 12, 18 months, but you've dealt with them and you're, you're hitting, hitting numbers and the market's gone with you in terms of you know, price of gold, etc. And you are doing all the right things in terms of driving the, the ASIC down. So you've got a whole bunch of skill sets in-house, but you do have this short life of mine, relatively, and you do need to do the things you've just talked about in terms of showing growth potential alongside delivering over the next two, three, three quarters for the marketplace, because your share price is, well, it's been, been relatively erratic, I, 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 I suspect, because of the reasons you've already said. Um, but how do you, what are the existing shareholders saying to you in terms of, are they let's say, well, just, just let's steady the ship and we're still here, or are they making demands? I don't, I don't think there's a consistent answer to that. I mean, every shareholder has a different, a different view and different conversation. But I mean, generally speaking, the view is, you know, be sensible, mm. pay down your debt, manage your cash flows, mm. deliver to your performance and the value will come through. Yeah. And I mean, I agree with that. And, I, you know, for me, it's always been a, a game of you've got to keep your options open. Things change. The, the game changes. The markets change. Gold price change. And if you're absolutely dogmatic about 
this is what our 10-year plan is going to be and we're going to execute it. It's not going to work. I mean, we'd have gone bust carrying a huge project in Liberia and, and not being able to fund it. Yeah. But let's skip on to Liberia. Yeah. Because last time, last time I saw it, it was many, many years ago. Yeah. Liberia was a, you know, uh, something that we were, we were discussing actually back, back then. So you, what's happened? What are you doing with that? Is there any value there? Oh, there's tremendous value there, but not not in our share price. I mean, um, you know, we we own a 4.2 million ounce gold deposit in Liberia, which we hardly touch the sides of. I mean, if you actually, you know, knowing what we know now, if you go back to how little we knew then, we found 4.2 million ounces of gold on a discovery cost of $7 an ounce, never hitting a blank drill hole. I mean, it, it's actually an extraordinary success. Yeah. And then... The story kind of took over, the market took over, and the market tanked, we couldn't fund it, it needed to be big, the capex number, all these issues. Mm-hmm. So there was Ebola somewhere in there. Ebola, well. the, you know, everything. Yeah, and, and, then, right. and then we compounded all of that by yeah. doing an M&A deal, funding a project in Mali and building it. And actually, for the last four years, Liberia's really been on care and maintenance. Yeah. But we still own it. Gold's now 1500. There's a lot more interest in deposits like this. I mean, if you look at Cardinal Resources or someone like that, there's a lot of similarities, right? Except the only thing that's big difference is ours is worth zero. So in terms of optionality and uh, ways to create value, I'd say it's a massive um, optionality for Hummingbird. But okay, let's talk strategy. Yeah. So you gave an example. You've got Cardinal building up the answers next door in Ghana. Yeah. Quite close by. Reasonably close by. You've got Rocks Gold. You're taking a different strategy. They said, no, we've got a short life in mind. We're going to go straight into production, generate some cash, and buy another asset, which is what they think they've done with DFS, right? So two different strategies going on there. So what are you guys thinking of doing? Have you, I mean, you, you've hot-footed it from a management meeting. Yeah. So you discuss various things. Is this something that's on the table at the moment, or is it still in care and maintenance mentally? No. So I think the environment is right to take Liberia forward. In right. terms of strategically, and this might sound like a bit of a um, non-specific answer, but what I want to do is create value. Create mm-hmm. value yes. for Hummingbird shareholders, for the market to go, oh my God, we've forgotten about this, there's value there. Now, does that mean I need to build it? I'm not sure that will create that much value because people will see it as a challenge for Hummingbird and we're a small dilution. company. Dilution, where's the capex going to come yeah. from, all the rest of it. If I could... Um, attract partners, investors, mm-hmm. in a way that um, suddenly Liberia was being re-engineered or the, ex- the 4.2 was becoming 5 or 6 million ounces mm-hmm. with uh, redoing a feasibility study because power costs could have changed and, and different yeah. ways of looking at that. I think there's tremendous potential with um, a fresh pair of eyes four years later to come back and go, wow, this is like the most exciting exploration province in West Africa, which which I believe, right. let's take another look at this. And if I could do it in a way that was non-dilutive to Hummingbird shareholders, with a partner who had the um, credibility, um, skills to do, do that. that. I mean, for four point two million ounces, you got Cardinal next door with you know, coming up, where like between five and seven, somewhere I can't quite mm-hmm. remember. You know, their whatever their market cap is, hundred thirty million bucks, mm-hmm. something like that. And there's a bunch of other people with you know various size because the, the Birmingham brings that it's, it's prolific, right? There's yeah. A lot of companies there. What type of company is going to or strategic partner? Someone who's going to come with money and skills is are you looking at? Or have you spoken to anyone? 
Or is it just a, a consideration around? Yeah, it's a consideration. I mean, the, right. you know, I don't have any scoop to right. disclose uh, for the purpose of the interview, but, um, but I've, I mean, I'm talking to lots of people. Right. And that's the answer. And they're varied and diverse. And they're not all just, um, you know, capital markets listed in right. Toronto or London or, or Australia. They're, they're, it's, it's, a di- it's a more diverse world than the investment community yeah. realizes, I think. No, no, for sure. For sure. We've, spoken, we've spoken to a lot, but I always ask the management team about the, the thinking, what's going on up in the head, what's the strategy, what's the business plan, how are they going to deliver it, who's going to deliver it. So you talk about it may be zero value attributed to the Liberian asset at the moment, and you say, I'm going to try and create value there. We're, we're thinking about how we go about doing that. So. I'm just interested in that process and timeline and how much money do you throw at that and how much internal resource do you throw at that before you can bring a strategic on board? Well, I think that um, there's no answer to that question. Okay. You know, you need to play the cards as they're dealt and it depends on the conversation you have with a potential partner and how they want to structure the deal and whether it looks attractive. But in terms of strategy for taking Hummingbird forward, I think our focus is more on free cash margin, yeah. trying to focus on a lower cost producer of a more manageable size in places where we think we have a competitive advantage. Now, we have a competitive advantage in Liberia. I mean, yeah, it's not much we've been there for over a decade and yeah. we know everyone, but yeah. the rest of it doesn't really fit with that strategy. It's gonna be a big mine. Um, it might fit better with somebody else's strategy, but we can help them right. in a way that nobody else can. So in terms of, being involved in the journey, taking up the value curve, mm. fully involved in that. In terms of actually building the project, mm. I'm miles away from that. Yeah. If if you if you see what I mean. Yeah, but there's there's a lot on the table. It's That's really, right. Yeah. It's whether whether what you call stars aligned or everything comes yeah. together, you've got the optionality because it's not costing you time or money per se at the moment. Yeah. And you're producing cash as well, quite a lot of cash else, elsewhere. So okay, so let's let's come back up into Mali. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, obviously, the plan, the plan you, what else are you sitting on apart from the mine itself? Have you got a lot of greenfield, brownfield, exploration, development going on? What's, what else is happening? So, so on, on the, well, in the country, that's a, that's a big question. But I mean, if you go to our mine uh, permit, mm-hmm. there's a number of deposits ranging from resources that we are doing studies on for underground or mm-hmm. um, extending open pits or bringing in other open pits into the mine plan. Mm-hmm. But also there are targets to find new resources. We've also got um, the largest shareholding in an exploration company called Cora Gold, which was yeah. created by us with it as a joint venture with some colleagues of ours. Um, and you know we'll keep a watching brief on that and see how that develops because that could also provide potential feed um, ore to the Yamfalila project and also provide extending the mine life. So that's our thinking behind that. Okay. How, how much of that do you hold? Give or take twenty percent. I don't know the yeah okay. Okay. exact so that's number. Exploration optionality for you. Have yeah. You, have you got any uh, agreements with them? Or was it just an equity position? No, it's just an equity position. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, but back back on your own assets, things that aren't under your own, your control. Where are you spending time and money in terms of? I, I get that we're we focused on generating cash and free cash flow and paying down debt and all that. But on the kind of growth component of the story, just if you can just tell us a little bit about what's happening in country. So sorry to be specific. Do you mean on our license, or do you mean general M and A heads up what's going on in the country? Well, a license is talking about if there's any M and A, it'd be great to hear that. 
Yeah. Well, there isn't. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's a nice uh, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Um, On your license. Yeah. So, so specifically, how many day, day, day to day? What does the board charge the management team with doing on that front? Right. So, really, if you go back to, we have to go back twelve months. We have to go to when we had issue at the pit, and we basically closed ranks, mm. did this pushback, focused on cash flow and survival and performance. Mm. We cut our expiration spend last year to accommodate that. Mm. And really, for the first half of this year, it was all about working through the challenges. So it's really only now, this quarter, that we can um, lift our head up again yeah. and focus on the wider picture and building the business. But I mean, a lot of work has been going on in terms of conceptual studies for... Right potential underground extensions to the pits, to the Gonka resource, Kamana East resource and, and Kamana West, and also other identified resources such as Sanamali East and West that we could look to bring ore into the plant. And what would be good about that is their oxide resources, so they'd complement the fresh rock as we get deeper in the pits. Um, so that's what we're focusing on. Okay, so you generated some cash. Yeah. Right. And I know you're paying debt, so you've got a little bit of debt, you'll have a lot less at the end of the year, which is great. How do you use that? I mean, do you fall into the kind of producer trap of basically any money you generate has to go towards trying to generate more ounces in the ground? Would you leverage yourself? I know you've got a bit of debt, but can you get more in there? Debt, that is. So you're getting non dilutory Well, it's to cash 22 because people will only lend you more debt if you've sure. got a longer mine life to borrow against, sure. right? So you. Sure. But, um, but you know, you talked about dividends earlier, for instance, right? And no one, can, you're not paying dividends now. It'd be, it'd be crazy to. But at some point, shareholders are looking at that. I'd love to be a dividend-paying gold miner, but you, you don't want to do it at the expense of the future of the company. So, so it's a balance. Yeah. I, I mean, what I always said at the start, and I'd like to get back to that, is you know, be disciplined. Don't spend more than fifteen percent of your free cash flow on exploration. Yeah. And with that fifteen percent of free cash flow, okay. replace and increase your reserve base. That's a, okay, that's a great number. So, so that was, and it just kind of feels right based on experience, I guess. Right. But um, that's kind of where we're at. Okay, understood. Now, that's yeah. an interesting number. No one's ever put a, a percentage or a number mm. on it. Well, I think, I think trying to build a discipline into that sort of thing is important. Brilliant. And, um, you know, we haven't been able to because we've been fighting sure. different issues. But, sure. you know, we need to now apply that discipline from, from here going forward, I think. And in terms of dividends, I mean, it, it's a question that goes round and round and round. And um, again, it's a catch-22 because mining is extremely dynamic. The markets are extremely volatile. Mm. And you commit to something and you're a small single asset project like ours, if something goes wrong, then you're not going to be able to repeat it. And then you're going to have be exponentially punished because you didn't maintain your dividend or improve it. That said, it would be great to um, return excess cash to shareholders. I mean, what else are you going to do with it? Unless you find an outstanding project. Well, no, it's always always nice. And the management team say it's always nice to do that. And we want to do it. But it's, you know, how do you plan to put yourself in a position where you're able to do that? Clearly, the current market, as in the last quarter, and hopefully going forward with the price of gold, you can. But... Yeah, it might not last. But I I think um, we want to build a gold business and I don't have a roadmap for exactly what that will look like. If, you know, going forward 10 years. So you want to maintain some optionality, but you want to build a reputation for being disciplined and prudent. So for me, conceptually, if you get to a position where you're net debt free, you know, your cash and your gross debt 
meet zero, yeah. it would be nice to signal something to the market. Now, whether that's a dividend or a special or a buyback or something, I'm, I'm unclear. And, and this isn't happening right now, you know, but we need to start thinking about it as a board now and next quarter and early next year because hopefully it will happen quite soon. Well, the, I mean, the, other, the other bits are, you know, steady, steady appreciation of the share price. Yep. Steady, not, not meteoric, not hockey stick. That's, That'd be good. Again, we all love that, but, you know, that's unrealistic. So, you know, steady growth um, there, so people, and a bit of liquidity in the stock so people can get in and out and feel they've made some money with you. You know, in this getting guidance from the company as to the things that they're putting in place to help accommodate well, that and get as best you can. You know, I know that everybody that invests in Hummingbird, myself included heavily, mm-hmm. is um, you see the, the share price. It's yeah. there. It's on a screen. This is what you're worth. Yeah. It's not what you're worth. It's the price. Yeah. You know, we're back to that age-old argument of price versus value, and yeah. the value of Hummingbird—it's massive. You know, the relationships, the people on the management team, the experience, the the problems we've overcome, the yeah. experience—that those are all intangible values. They're yeah. not in the price. So, so we have to leverage that value, yeah. and over time, yeah. it will come through in the price. Yeah, I mean, if you I mean, cold, harsh view of this from a shareholder who's bought in at totally. one price and they're sitting 20-30% lower than that, I'm not saying yours are, but if they were, um, you can sort of say, well, all of that doesn't really matter. It's Don't I know At the end it. of the day, I'm sure you get those phone calls <laughs> yeah. and emails too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that, that's where, you know, I think it's a great story, okay, I mean, I think you've dealt with some pretty tricky, pretty tricky things and still continue to produce, so it's all, you know, I'm not... Um, you know, down on the company. I'm just saying, from your perspective, thinking of the shareholders, current and new to come in, it's given that guidance as to what the future looks like. And you've done some of that today, but a bit more of the growth component to when and you're at a point where you can do that. I don't think you were there yet. Yeah, but I mean, um, I take you back to when we listed Hummingbird and we raised some money specifically to explore, mm. to take a a small resource, as large as we could take it, we didn't even have a target. Yeah. And over the next three years, we found four million ants. We were yeah. the most successful explorer that. in West Africa. And what happened to our share price? Went down 60%. So you, even if you deliver on what you say, if, mm. if you know, the market, if you're the wrong side of the market, you're, you're gonna lose. So yeah, the market wants one thing. Yeah, yeah, but the market wants one thing, whether it's value or growth or discipline. Yeah. And then lots of people chase that and they say, okay, this is what we're going to be. And then the market changes, right? So for me, I want to build financial discipline. I want to focus on free cash margin so we're protected. I want to build a reputation as someone that can operate and deliver. And then let's see where it takes us. Okay. I think it's a great place to finish. That's been a great summary. Thanks very much. Um, Great to catch up again. Um, Yep. I think that's, that's, that should be fascinating for people new to this story. I'm not sure who's new to it. It's been around a while, but <laughs> yeah. uh, also quite a good explanation of you know what the next couple of quarters looks like. Yeah, brilliant. Hope you continue to deliver those. Stay in touch. Thanks for your time. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.